Hey, we're Ginger and Jeremy Volo, and this is the Hope We Hold podcast. Where we have weekly conversations around our family table to share the hope of Jesus. Okay, so someone once said that if you let compliments go to your head, then criticism will cut to your heart. And that is so true, and we want to talk about it. Yeah, today we're going to pick up the topic of criticism, and specifically, how should we handle criticism, and even how should we give criticism? Yes, um, it should be a good conversation, Uh, but before we dive in, we want to remind you guys to rate and review the podcast. We love reading through what you guys have to say. And also, we've started a little thing on social media to hear more from all of you. Yeah, we want to hear your hope stories. Uh, So tag us with your hope story at Hope We Hold on social media. Use the hashtag, hashtag Our Hope Story, um, and and let us know how how you found hope in your life, and and we want to read those stories. Yes, and check this out. The stories we're receiving are incredible. Yeah, they really are. Listen to this one from Maribrook Croom at Maribrook Hope is her uh, handle. And she writes this story, which is just uh, really incredible. Um, She said, Shepherd Hope Croom, our precious fourth child, went home to be with Jesus on July 27th, 2020. Although we hadn't told anyone, our excitement was growing as we dreamed of holding our sweet baby. At only eight weeks gestation, her life was short, but so sweet. When we went to the hospital Monday, we heard the words we never wanted to hear. You've miscarried. I'm so thankful for the tender and compassionate care we received at the wonderful Mission Hospital where Jack was born. The doctors and nurses were kind and gentle as they broke the news and assured me that I was not responsible. Thanks to their care, I'm doing well physically, and I'm grateful for the gift of this hospital. And then Mary Brooks says this, uh, Hope is a word that's been on my heart for quite a while now. As I read this morning, I was reminded of the source of our hope. Hope is not crossing our fingers and wishing for the best. Hope is an unwavering confidence in the person and character of Jesus Christ revealed to us in the Bible. The Holy Spirit gives us unshakable hope as we cling to him, knowing that all of his promises, including the promise of eternity with him, are true. These verses were a powerful reminder of where my hope is found. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. And then she quotes Romans 15, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And she says this, When we lost Shepherd, the girls and I had been memorizing Psalm 28, 6 through 9. Verse 9 says, Save your people and bless your inheritance. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Because of the hope given to me by the Holy Spirit and revealed through his perfect word, I know I will be able to hold Shepherd Hope someday. Though I don't get to hold her now, I know the day is coming when all Josh and I's tears will be wiped away as we get to talk to our Savior Shepherd, our Savior, uh, and hold our sweet baby Shepherd. Um, as Psalm 28, 9 says, our faithful Shepherd is carrying us through this grief and reminding us that our baby Shepherd is in his arms. And then she hashtags mm. our hope story. Wow, that is so amazing. Just hearing um, her journey through grief and then just the hope that she has in Christ in the midst of that, the pain that she was feeling, that she could still have that unwavering hope found in Jesus Christ. 
And I know uh, having walked through a miscarriage as well, just the pain that is there, but just hearing her response is so encouraging and um, yeah, just amazing. So thank you so much for sharing that hope story with us. Yeah, Mary Brooke, that's really good. And I really love how it's so um, saturated with scripture. Yes. Because that really is where our hope comes from. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not just left to our own imaginations about how to walk through difficult times or how to um, handle trials in our life or even good times. We we have the word of God, which informs mm-hmm. us. Yeah. And so for Marebrook, she's she's sharing with us the reality of Romans 15 and the reality of Psalm 28. And uh, I think a lot of people, we just forget to open the Bible. Mm. And yeah. so we forget that there is this ocean of resource and ocean of help and ocean of 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 knowledge that transforms and and uh, helps us get through the most difficult times in our life um yeah so so Marybrook, thank you so much for sharing and that's an encouragement to us and it can be convicting to us that we need to really be informing our life by the word of god mm-hmm. um, because there is so much hope there that's so helpful okay so let's get into it um we're going to talk about criticism today, and we've all had it. I mean, haven't we? Yeah, um, certainly. I think every single person has been criticized at some mm. point, but especially you, babe. I mean, you've been on TV since you were nine years old. Yeah, it, it, it really is something that I've lived with for, you know, most all of my life um, up to this point, and I think just being in the spotlight, like you have a lot of people who will um, criticize things that you do or they just are constantly looking at your family like evaluating or um, saying negative things but I think that's that's part of it like we opened our lives to these people and so um, it is definitely just a byproduct it's something that we know is going to take place yeah yeah when you're in the public spotlight you you put your opinion out there mm-hmm. and thoughts and so people yeah. share theirs um, and yeah, there's definitely a lot of criticism with, that comes with that. Yes, a there's, lot. There's a lot of uh, positive feedback and yeah. people are super encouraging. But of, but of course, there's going to be naysayers and, um, and you don't have to be in the spotlight to experience it. No, definitely not. I mean, you can experience it anywhere. Everyone experiences it at um, some point or another in their lives. Yeah. And so uh, it's definitely something that is common to everyone. Yeah. And, you know, if you're on TV or whatever, you might have a broader scope of criticism, but and everybody th- goes to their home. Yeah, and most definitely. And I think even uh, through social media and stuff, it can totally. give it more of a platform for that because you're not talking to people face to face like you would a friend or sometimes yeah. people would say things to your face, but they will say it on social media. Yeah, and that's so I really... Think I think that's definitely another aspect of any anyone who has social media. They understand that as well. Yeah. What do they call them? Keyboard warriors or something? Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like it, it gives you this um, bravado and it gives you a courage because you're behind a screen and you're behind, yes. you know, it, it's int- you know, social media opens the world of where you can be anybody you want. Mm. And so you don't actually have to be you, right? And you're not dealing with your actual reputation. So people, it's a lot easier to criticize. Um, Twitter can be a, a place where... You know, especially as Christians, um, you know, sometimes it's disappointing when you go on Twitter and you see, man, like 
people are, are backbiting, people are, are criticizing each other, mm -hmm. people are cutting each other down. It's like, guys, what, what happened to, you know, um, Matthew 18 or loving people enough to share them with them their faults, but in a, in the right way and, mm -hmm. and kindness and gentleness and all that stuff kind of just flies out the window on social media, doesn't it? Yeah, sadly it does. I think we've seen that, um, a lot, definitely on a personal level, but I know that, um, many of you have as well. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's all over the place. So criticism, it's a huge, uh, topic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're all acquainted with it. Yes. Um, spotlight, no spotlight, you know, whatever. Uh, we've, we've been criticized and we've criticized. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I'll kick off the conversation with a bit of advice that my dad gave me. Mm. Um, really good, especially being in ministry. He, he said, you know, you're going you're gonna to receive feedback uh, for what you do, especially as a, a public minister of the gospel. Um, but there's a spectrum of, of criticism. And in, in receiving criticism, he said this, throw out the criticism that's constantly negative. And throw out the criticism that's constantly positive. Mm. And here's why he said that is, you know, there are some people that will constantly criticize and all they do is criticize. So every time they look at you, they see criticism. They, they have something to critique. And we know if we have a proper evaluation of ourselves, that it's like, well, yeah, I do have weaknesses and faults, but I'm not all bad. I mean, mm. like I've got some redeeming qualities and, uh, you know, maybe I'm not doing the best job in the world, but I'm doing some things okay. So the person who's unable to see that, they're not going to give you a balanced criticism. They're not going to give you a balanced perspective of yourself. But then on the other side, there's people who only ever give super positive feedback. And I go, well, yeah, thanks. I, I you know, I recognize I did that well. And uh, thanks, I appreciate that. You know, that might be a strong suit for me, but but I'm not that great. <laughs> like, mm, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not so amazing where it's like, I've never done anything wrong. So... So you seem like you're just buttering me up here. Mm -hmm. yeah. So my dad said, listen to the people that are willing to tell you the hard things and criticize as well as give positive feedback because then you can trust them. You mm. can trust that they're balanced. Mm. They're, they're not seeing you through just one lens of you know rose-colored lenses or they're looking at you and just all they see is garbage. No, they, they are able to actually see, hey, you're doing well here, but you need help here. Take criticism from those people. Take counsel mm -hmm. from those people. I thought that was really good advice. That is really good. Yeah, because we definitely need people around us who will be real with us. And we don't want just little yes men. And we don't want to be being constantly cut down either. Um, but just what we really want is honest, genuine, and helpful criticism and critique. Yeah, it, it makes me think of Romans 12, 3, uh, which says, um, I, Paul says to the church, um, I say to everyone not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, mm. but to think with sober judgment. So we should think about ourselves soberly, um, rightly, as well as others. So we want to have a balanced view of ourselves, recognizing the positive and, and the things we're doing well, as well as accepting and recognizing the things that we're not doing so well. Hmm. Right, yeah. So maybe we should first talk about giving criticism and how do we do that well? How do we do that in a respectable way that demonstrates integrity? Yeah, that's really good. Um, well, I think 
you know, like so much, it really comes down to love, doesn't it? Mm, yeah. This is a love issue. Um, and first, talking about giving criticism, it, it comes down to love um, being willing to speak as well as being willing not to speak. And it, love shapes how we speak. So love really determines how we function in giving critique or criticism. Um, and there's two dimensions of this love. And so let's chat about them. Uh, the first is motivation, and then we'll look at method. But, but the first is motivation. So in giving criticism, we are to be motivated by love. Mm -hmm. uh, a true friend will give criticism motivated by love. Hmm. Yeah, that makes me think of Proverbs 27, 6, um, where it says, faithful are the wounds of a friend and profuse are the kisses of an enemy. And I'm just thinking about like how difficult that is oftentimes to speak, as you said, like it sometimes we don't want to say anything right? and we don't want to bring a, like a concern we have or a critique to a friend because maybe they won't accept it or maybe we... We don't know what to say. Or it's you know, just not the fun. Words. It's not comfortable. And yeah. so we'd rather not, but faithful are the wounds of a friend. And so thinking about um, if I truly love this person, if I'm motivated by love, then I will, will be willing to speak. Or as you said, be willing not to speak if it if it's a criticism that, you know, shouldn't, something I shouldn't say. Right. Yeah, that's really good. It, it's And the problem you bring up, it's kind of a paradox, isn't it? It's something mm -hmm. that like, it seems like it wouldn't work. You know, wait, faithful are the wounds of a friend? Profuse or many are the kisses of an enemy? If I'm your friend, why would I want to wound you? Hmm. Um, and like you just said, it's not comfortable. It's it's not easy all the time. Right. Shouldn't be. Um, but we've kind of, and when I say we, maybe I'm speaking, I can't speak for everybody, but maybe there's this sense of this maybe in our society, I don't know, where we've started to believe the opposite of this where we kind of say, you know, if I'm your friend, I'll just tell you what you want to hear all day long. Um, and I'll show you I love you by just kissing you all day. Mm -hmm. But that's how scripture defines the enemy, mm -hmm. the one giving kisses all day. And the genuine friend is defined as the one giving wounds. So it's like, well, how is this possible? Yeah, I think it's one of the paradoxes of the Bible. Um, and a paradox is something that seems absurd, but is actually true. And what we are seeing is that a true friend is willing to say hard things, but an enemy just wants to flatter and keep you happy all the time. Yeah, just butter you up, right? Yeah. Um, it, it's Flattery is the sign of an enemy. And I think that's because it's ultimately self-serving and deceptive. Mm. Um, so, you know, when the Bible talks about the wicked so much in the Psalms or the Proverbs, it talks about the one who flatters with their tongue. Um don't you get the sense that if someone's flattering you, you begin to think, what do you want from me? Mm. I mean, I, I know, you know, we started talking about how you've been in the spotlight for so many years. Um, you've experienced that, haven't you? Where it's like yeah. somebody's just over the top, just compliments and... Yes, definitely. I, I know being in the public spotlight, a lot of people will, you know, if they're constantly just over the top flattering, like, oh, Ginger, this or that about like, about me or my family and like, um, just, just constantly, like every time you see this person or, um, if you first meet someone and it's just kind of interesting, like you think, well, why are these people being so nice to me? And, yeah. um, what, what is their goal? Like, are they trying to get something? Do they 
just want to be near me because of my family's um, my family being well known or what what is your ultimate goal? Yeah, what do you want from me? Right. That's a good way to put it. Um, you start thinking, okay, do, are you trying to get because you're being like over the top buttery mm-hmm. with me? Yeah, not just not just normal, nice, yeah, pleasant. Not just being nice and pleasant, but like right. And, and I think our listeners, you guys, you guys know this too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where you're just around someone, you go, they're. I think they're flattering me. Yeah. They they realize I have something that they want, mm-hmm. and so they're trying to coax me and and get me to to basically give them what they want from mm-hmm. me. That's not a fun relationship, is it? Uh, when you feel like you're being used. And so it's not surprising that, again, like the Proverbs, listen to this. This is uh, Proverbs 26, 28. A lying tongue hates its victims and a flattering mouth works ruin. Mm. Well, a relationship built on flattery, that's not a relationship that's going to flourish, is it? Yeah, it's not for sure. So, I mean, flattery is wrong, constantly giving excessive praise, over-the-top compliments, and always agreeing, and always being positive, always exaggerating how great someone is. I mean, that's not good. But we are to give criticism motivated by love. And that's simply the reverse of flattery in the proverb where we were looking at, um, Proverbs 27, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Yeah, a a true friend will care enough about you to tell you what you need to hear. Um, And I want to be that true friend. And babe, I want to have those true friends around me. Mm. Like if I'm walking around all day with lettuce stuck between my teeth. Yeah. (laughs) Can someone tell me? (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) Like that's, for me, my bar is not very high. If you tell me I have lettuce in my teeth, true friend yes you go true friend category yeah i had a girl who i did not know very well and we were at um she came up to me at some church thing and she was like oh ginger your necklace can i can i fix your necklace for you and i was like thank you i appreciate you telling me placed in the true friend category yes because it was so sweet like it was only my like second time seeing her and she just was so sweet like jumped in i i would have had that thing turned like flopped all around (laughs) all day you know so it was nice. Like, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's kind of uh, something that's, you know, having lettuce in your teeth, your necklace turned around. But I want to know if if someone's willing to tell me the truth. Mm, yeah. Um, are they willing to to share and tell me what I need to hear? Right. I mean, have you ever been confronted by a friend in love? I mean, it hurts when that happens, but you do appreciate it and it actually increases appreciation and deepens relationship. I mean... Can you think of a time like this, Jer? Yeah, I, I can think of a lot of times like that. Um, my buddy James Song, who I, I talk about a lot, he, he's he's faithful to do this. He'll mm-hmm. call me and he'll share things with me um, and so respectful, so gracious, so kind. And I know the guy loves me. Like we're, mm-hmm. we're very close friends and he's willing to tell me what, what he believes I need to hear. And mm-hmm. guess what? He's, he's right. I do need to hear it. Um, and I've never resented James for that. That's really good. Yeah. Uh, th- why would I resent James for loving me enough to call me and say, hey, right. bro, have you thought about this? Or have mm-hmm. you thought about that? Um, that's awesome. That's so I want helpful. friends like that. Yes. I love definitely. James' friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, James is a good friend to have. And and I, uh, babe, you've been that friend to me. You're willing to sit down and say, hey, babe. And it's not fun to tell you know, the person you love most in the world, like, hey, I've seen kind of a pattern in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're totally willing 
to do that. And I appreciate that from you as well. Like I, I do want you to share anything with me and I appreciate when you do that because it really does make me stop and think. I know that you love me and that you're only saying these things because you um, care for me. And so I think those that's another thing. Yes, it's motivated by love. And you can definitely um, tell when somebody is saying those things in love. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're we're still talking about giving criticism and we see it needs to be motivated by love. And But think about this. So secondly, we need to speak the truth in love. So not only motivated by love, but done in love and in a loving way. Yeah, so that's that's a really good point. Um, and the Apostle Paul talks about this in Ephesians 4, speak the truth in love. Um, so being a flatterer is wrong. It's evil, really. Uh, but harsh criticism is also wrong. Everyone we speak to is made in God's image. Um, so yes, we do need to give criticism, motivated by love for the person. But you got to do it in love as well. Mm. Um, everyone is is made in God's image. Um, so when we bring critique, is our critique arrogant? Is mm -hmm. our critique demeaning? Right. I mean, does it acknowledge their God-given beauty and worth and value and skill? Or is it all just negative, angry, mean, sharp, and harsh? I mean, we really need to think, why do I feel the need to tell this critical thing to someone we need to examine ourselves first. Yeah, it's removing the log from your own eye before right. removing the speck. Yeah. Um, now, you are called to remove the speck. Remember Matthew 7. Um, but but it should be done humbly. Uh, when, we, when we lovingly share something with someone, do it humbly. Do it lovingly. Mm -hmm. Do it gently. Right. So ask yourself, why should I say this critique to my mom or my husband or my child or friend? Is it because you care about them and genuinely want them to grow and become better? Or is it because it's going to make you look better or feel better or show them how low they are? What is motivating you to share this critique? Is it the glory of God and the good of their soul? Or, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Because if your motivation is love, your method will be loving. Wow, I love that. Um, babe, that is really good. It, it, if you're motivated by love, uh, the way you do it will be loving. Um, it really all comes down to love, doesn't it? Mm, it does, most definitely. So foundational. Um, okay, so so that's helpful in, in being a loving friend. Um, we need to say the truth. Um, Kosti Hinn said the other week, truth without love is brutality. Love without truth is hypocrisy. And, mm -hmm. and he was saying that in regards to the prosperity gospel. Um, if you guys haven't listened to the, the chat we had with our friend Kosti, um, go back and listen to that episode. Um, I think it's episode 15, where we talk about the prosperity gospel. And Kosti, having been in the prosperity gospel, this, this idea that, you know, love Jesus, everything will go great for you. Um, how it's actually not a loving message. Mm -hmm, right. And to love people, we need to share the truth of what Jesus said. Mm -hmm. And Costi and said, and it stuck with me, truth without love is brutality. Love without truth is hypocrisy. So we need mm -hmm. to lovingly speak truthfully. Uh, motivated by love, speaking love. 
But now let's kind of shift the conversation, babe, to discuss our reaction to receiving criticism. Mm. Um, if compliments go to your head, you said this at the start, criticism will cut to your heart. Mm. That's a really good, if you allow criticism to puff you up, or, or I'm sorry, compliments to puff you up, and as soon as someone gives you a critical word, oh, it'll cut you down. Yeah. Because you're, you're living for mm. their approval. Um, so what do we do? How do we receive criticism, critique? And I mean all kinds of it, not just from those people you love. I'm talking internet trolls. I'm talking, you know, bullies at school. How do you receive critique um, well? Hmm. And I think the first thing to know just is this. Uh, we need to be humble. Hmm. And this is going to sound surprising. We actually need to pursue receiving helpful criticism. Yeah. I mean, don't take the attitude of only positivity because you'll just surround yourself with yes men and ultimately you'll be the one who pays the price for that. And I I know if I'm living, I, I mean, I want to know if I'm living with a blind spot and I want to know if I have sin in my life that I don't see. Yeah, um, that's that's really good. Is you you don't want to just just be surrounded by people who tell you what you want to hear. You want to you want to have real relationships. And uh, you know, I think of the person who's snapped at everyone who's ever criticized them, and it's like, you know, they'll walk blindly because people tried to warn them, but you've yelled at them every mm -hmm. time they critique you. You yell at them, and eventually, guess what they'll do? They'll just they'll just shut up, and you know, let you blindly walk off the edge of the cliff. Hmm. Um, because they're scared to tell you anything. So, so be humble and pursue critique. And here's what this is based in, is the theological understanding that sin is inherently deceitful. So guess what? If I'm the sinner, I'm going to be the last person to know it. Right, yeah. Um, that's what Hebrews 3.13 says, exhort one another every day hmm. so that none of you would be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. I don't want to be deceived by sin. Mm. Do you want to be deceived by no. sin? No. I mean, it's like, so I want my my fellow Christians, my friends, my family, coworkers, my neighbors. I just want those in my life. I, I want them to show me if I'm blind to my own faults and failures. Yeah. And there is a selfish mindset. If you don't applaud me, I cancel you. And that's not right. You'll be the one who pays the price for that. And we all know someone like that, don't we? Someone so oblivious to their own faults, and yet they will eat you alive if you ever say anything. It's impossible to have a genuine relationship with someone like that. You will have genuine issues, and you're not perfect. I mean, you're not. And we can function like we are, though. I mean, can't we? And we function with the assumption that we are perfect, but we're not. Yeah, we we all have failures. We all have faults. And I don't want someone walking around pins and needles, you know, around me thinking, yeah, I can't ever show him his faults. Right. Like how silly to think I'm walking through this life and doing everything perfectly. Mm. There's no way. Yeah, no one does everything perfectly. No. And so if we think that we are or others don't want to say anything, then it is just a time like, how have I have I allowed others into my life? Totally. Have I allowed them to, as I've appreciated you, you said many times to um, older godly men, young men, anybody in your life, but you have certain people that you just want to hold you accountable and say, if you see anything in my life, 
please show me, please tell me. And I really appreciate that um, about you and how you set that up because your desire is for them to share um, criticism or critiques with you. And it's, it's helpful. I think honestly, that's probably been one of the greatest means of growth in my personal relationship with Jesus has been asking others to, to show me what they see in my life. Mm. And maybe I'd give a challenge to the listener. Start small. Maybe this is something new for you, but go to the people closest to you, your husband, your wife, your kids, your boss, Mm. and say, hey, and, and, they, they don't even have to be of the same theological persuasion as you. Um, go to the people in your life and let them know. Say, hey, if you, well, first of all, do you see any issues in my life that you'd want to talk to me about? Ask them in humility. And then ask them, hey, if you do ever see anything in my life, you know, any pride that I don't see, or if I'm rude, or if I come across the wrong way to you, or can you please share that with me? That's a challenge I'll give to you guys as the listeners because I'm telling you, it's it's been one of the greatest means of growth mm. in my own life. And, and then guess what I I have in my life and Ginger and hers and you have a you have an army of godly people and people who love you, your friends, your neighbors, who who are helping you mm. live this very difficult life. Isn't that beautiful? His. I want help. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I can't do this life. I've not. I've not made it to the end. I've, I'm. I'm. I'm going around. You know, the the block for for the first time on some things. I, we all need help. Don't you want people helping you? I think that's wonderful. Yeah, most definitely. But we need to actively pursue that. Mm-hmm. We can't just assume people are going to come up to us and share stuff with us. It's not easy. It's not fun. They're not mm-hmm. going to do that. So, so that that's that's helpful. That's a challenge to you guys. Um, Something else that is helpful in receiving criticism is this. Not only pursue it with humility, but but know your identity in, in Jesus. Mm. Um, Colossians 3.11, here in the church, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and mm. in all. That is so good, which means if we know who we are in Jesus— we are going to live for his approval and not for the approval of everyone else around us. Yeah, we we really need to focus on recognizing, hey, I, I'm I'm a child of God. Yeah. Um, if Jesus approves of me, I don't have this constant burden that you need to approve of me. Mm-hmm. So we need to know our identity in Christ. Yeah. Um, the Bible talks about being adopted. Mm-hmm. You know, upon repenting of our sin and putting our faith in Jesus— we're adopted into the family of God, which means we cry out, Abba, Father. He's, mm. We've got a new identity. We've got a new relationship. We've got a new family. Mm. And so let that define you. Babe, I know this, and I, I can speak to this firsthand, seeing you. Um, you know, there's there's tabloid stories. There's whatever, people all over the internet saying, writing, typing stuff about, they've got an opinion about you. Um, and it's been amazing to me just over the last years since knowing you five years, realizing that really doesn't phase Ginger at all. Um, she knows who she is. She knows that Jesus loves her. She's content with that. And so love her or hate her, Ginger's Ginger. And that's been really impressive to me. Um, you've never fluctuated up and down based on the approval of man. 
Um, and it's really beautiful knowing your identity I- in Christ. Um, it, and so that that's 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 helpful. Mm, and that's another good yeah point to mention to live for God's approval and not people's. And I think that's something that yes we have had on a daily basis just um, being able to realize okay regardless of what the naysayers may say that. I know who I am in Christ, and if I'm walking to honor Him and glorify Him, then that's who I am, is the person who I am in Christ is all that matters. And it doesn't matter if someone has an opinion about me or um, says something really hurtful, then I know who I am in Christ. Totally. And and it eases the pain of it, too. It's like it Mm. becomes not really hurtful because you go, oh, that's an interesting opinion, right? Yeah. Um, this makes me think of, of Paul in Galatians chapter one. Here, the apostle Paul has a glorious uh, testimony. Um, and he says these words, which are really powerful. This is Galatians one, verse 10. He says, for, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? And listen to this. If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Wow. Hmm. I... I'm a servant to Jesus, not to you. So I'm tr- living to approve Jesus, uh, get Jesus' approval. Well, not get it in terms of salvific right. sense, but but I, I'm I want Jesus. For his approval. Yeah, I, I, I want Jesus to 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 say, "Well done, good and faithful mm-hmm. servant." You're not going to have to tell me, "Well done, good and faithful servant." Right. Jesus is, and so I recognize that I, I'm I'm living my life to to please and glorify Him. Um, and, you know, we recognize that as we do this, um, only God judges us. Now, this isn't in like a Tupac way, you know, like only God can judge me. This is in the sense of, you know, realizing, yes, God is going to judge. He is the judge. But I'm going to live out of the fear, out of the reverence of God, not man. Which, which means this is integrity that I'm the same person in public as in private. And let me show you why this is important. This is what's called integrity. It's a wholeness. So if I fear God, which means I'm living for the the the, the approval of God, I'm, I'm, I'm living out of approval from God, I, I reverence God, I'm in all of God, I'm not living to get your approval or mm. people's approval. Yeah. Well, if I live for people's approval, guess what? I will be two people. I'll be someone in public that I'm not in private. Because right. I'll be someone when they see me, when they don't. Mm-hmm. Just think of the boss, right? When the boss walks by, you're on the Excel spreadsheet. When he mm-hmm. leaves, you're on Twitter. Yeah. So it, that's not integrity. But you're living for the approval of someone else. But if I'm living for the approval of God, who sees me all the time, then I, I'll, I'll be the same person in public as I am in private. That's so good. And, and this is what Paul, the apostle, would talk about all the time. Holding the faith with a clean conscience. Live with integrity. You know, I heard a, a godly man say recently that one of the greatest lessons he learned in his Christian life was that he was to concern himself with his own personal holiness because then you know you're in God's will, he said. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, you become fearless. If I live with a clean conscience, Ginge, you live with a clean conscience, which means when somebody makes up a story about you or says something about you, you're like, whatever. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not true and doesn't bother me. I, it, I'm living before God. So... In private and in public, I'm the same person. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives you a fearlessness. It gives you a, a confidence. Um, 
that's really so helpful uh, and, and so uh, encouraging. And I want to kind of close us out with a, a, a quote that um, uh, it was actually from, from our pastor, uh, John MacArthur. Um, and someone asked him at one point if he was worried about, you know, if he, if he stands for the truth or whatever, um, what the consequences will be. And you know what he said? It was kind of, it was pretty, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty cool. Um, it rhymed as well. He said, I'm just doing what's right and sleeping like a baby at night. <laughs> That's really good. Yes. I don't think he was like trying to rhyme. <laughs> but he did. It was low key. Like, um, <laughs> wow. But I'm just doing what's right mm. and sleeping like a baby at night. Okay. That's a man who fears God and lives for God's approval, not man's. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a man who has a rock solid foundation in his salvation. That's a man who doesn't waver by popular opinion, but he stands on truth. And babe, isn't that how we need to live? Mm, yes, most definitely. Yeah, I think there are definitely um, a lot of people who will say things, but as as he said, he's just doing what's right and leaving the rest to God. And I think that's that's so important for us just to remember. Um, and then when people do give us helpful um, critique that we will be able to listen to that as well because we're walking with God and we desire for our heart to be right with God. Yeah, um, it allows us, you know, there's an insecurity that comes from living for man's approval. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there's a constant unsettledness because people are mm-hmm. fickle, aren't they? Yeah, most definitely. One day they'll be all about you. The next day they're just like, cutting you off and so you just never know what people are going right. to say or what they're going to yeah. do sometimes i i was i was surprised like you know when i married you and then kind of entered this world where people write about you in tabloids and stuff I, you might see a nice article and you're like oh my goodness that was really sweet wow what a what a really gracious thing they said to us and then the next day you <laughs> see an article where they're absolutely just tearing like, you apart tearing you apart <laughs> like you're the worst thing yes. to ever happen to humanity and you're like uh, oh, I, th- I thought those were our friends. <laughs> and you realize really quickly, oh my goodness, like people are so fickle. Yes. Um, one day they love you, one day they hate you. Right. But I think that is where our confidence has to be in God and our yeah. identity in Christ, knowing who we are in Him and living lives to please Him. And then regardless of what people say at that point, then we can just walk on honoring Christ. It gives us a security. Yeah. You remember the picture painted of the woman in Proverbs 31? Um really what's cool about Proverbs is uh, sometimes we isolate that last chapter and say, mm-hmm. oh, this is about wives. Yeah. No, actually the whole book is a book where a mom and a dad are pleading with their son to marry the right woman. And the book introduces these two women uh, metaphors, lady folly mm-hmm. and lady wisdom. Mm-hmm. And Proverbs 31 is this climactic section of the Proverbs where lady wisdom is just being described in 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 great detail and one of the descriptions is she laughs at the future Mm. she smiles at tomorrow there's a confidence yeah there's there's uh uh, the the thinking i know who i am i i know who my god is tomorrow can come and i'll smile at it the Mm. unknowns the uncertainties the criticisms people love me hate me Mm. I can laugh at tomorrow because I'm confident in who I am. There's a security living as a Christian, Mm. knowing your identity in Jesus, that actually allows you 
to not be broken down by criticism, but to, but to, but to be established and strengthened by criticism. Mm, that's so good. Because I can take what's good and leave the rest. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget this. My dad uh, was in ministry for years, and there was one time where he really came under some harsh criticism, and it wasn't right. It was, it was misplaced. It, wasn't, it was erroneous criticism, but it was heavy, and it was a lot. And I remember him coming home one day really dejected, um, and I just said, Dad, why aren't you angry? And he said, Son, I, I need to look at my heart. I need to point the arrows inward and see if anything that they're saying is true. Mm. A place of confidence where you go, hey, doesn't matter who's saying it uh, and what they're saying, I can examine it and say, is it true? Mm. Without it breaking me down, it actually builds me up Mm. um, and makes me a better person because I'm able to receive and handle that criticism with a maturity, with a strength, with a dignity, with a confidence, Mm. knowing that ultimately my approval comes from God. That is so wise, so helpful. So, well... Thanks for, babe, this is super helpful to me. Man, just walking through this, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, babe, you are, you're so wise, and I, I love hearing you talk, and I, I've loved seeing your testimony about how you've handled um, you know, being in the spotlight for so many years. It really is a testimony to me. Um, you think we'll get criticized for this episode? <laughs> Maybe, but I just hope it will be a help to our friends um, and those who are listening just to be better friends and also to receive criticism with humility and in a way that will make them more like Jesus. Yeah, that's so good. Well, guys, thanks for sitting with us today on the Hope We Hold podcast. Um, we trust that you were encouraged. And it is our hope that your hope would be in Christ alone. 